1: Of flame the hottest podcast on the internet'
0: Phoenix and I apologize for being on the late side uh I got a little bit of a late start on the other show which I just finished and it's kind of like when you're traveling and uh one plane gets behind and uh, all of a sudden it throws everything off so uh here, On the ready, but also a little on the uh, tardy side of things. So thanks for being here. And of course, because I wanted to get to it. No music today. Maybe we'll uh, end the show with some music uh, on the way out. If I can remember and uh, find something that's not going to take too much time. So thanks for being here. Uh, Welcome to another edition of 15 Minutes of Flame. It is the first edition of... 2023 and 2023 has gotten off to a very uh powerful start with last night's Monday night football game. And uh, before I get into that, let me do a couple things. Let me give a little shout-out to, of course, our great sponsor, which is uh true hemp science. You're gonna come up with the true hemp science song. True hemp science. True hemp science, the, the what we call it, true hemp science, the medical marvel of tomorrow here today, true hemp science, the medical marvel of tomorrow here today, true hemp science, if you've got an ache, if you've got a pain, True hemp science keeps you in the
1: game. True hemp science. There we go. There we go. We got a song. I still to love making up little ditties like that. Let's get into it.
0: True hemp science, sponsor of the show. You want to start your new year off right. Get into your health regimen. My good friend Chris has some of the best CBD that will cross your path. And uh, cross your tongue. Where's my 33? Where's my, where's my 19? I don't have it. And uh, I haven't I haven't uh, moon dusted up. Because the truth of the matter is, I got up 20 minutes before I did my show this morning. And I just haven't had time to,
1: you know, get the coffee junkie fix. That's after the show. That is after the show. This morning focus aid. Fit aid. I love the strength, by the way. I'll tell you what it has in it. After I give my little shout out for Chris here. Um 2022
0: was a great year, great partnership, and looking forward to 2023.
1: I think it's really imperative that we stay healthy. It's gonna be health and water are going
0: to be the big commodities in our realm moving forward, health and water. And it's interesting here that we have this wonderful waterfall that we get to see every time I talk about Chris's product. But if you're new to the show and you haven't tried true hemp science, uh, Chris makes it very, very easy. And, you know, I rave about the gummies. I had a, I was up late last night. I, I ain't lying. I was on with Clyde Lewis. Uh, that's eleven to midnight, and I and I and I missed that sleep window because I was doing shit, uh, trying to you know machete my way through the weeds of Twitter last night. <laughs> it's an interesting time in terms of communication. I think I pissed off some Buffalo Bills fans because I called their general manager a douchebag. That's another story. Um, And then I got into Kyle Rittenhouse and Greta Thunberg's chart. And that's another story. We'll talk about that. But by the time it was all done, I, I was, it was about
1: 2.10, about 2.10. And guess what I did? I dropped a gummy. And that gummy was instrumental in helping me, um,
0: take a little trip to the land of Nod faster than normal because my brain is always kind of working. So when I go to bed, my brain is working, right? I have to shut the brain off and the, the true hemp science gummy is perfect for that. So if you're interested in ordering some product from Chris, which I do highly recommend and you're listening on the uh, podcast site, go to true forward slash ref forward slash 23. And you'll be able to go into the website. And if you get $100 or more, type in 1-5-M-I-N-S, 1-5-M-I-N-S, and you'll get some free product thrown your way. So if you don't get the gummies, I'm sure Chris will throw you a couple of gummies and a few other things. You spend $150 or more and you'll get free shipping. It's a great deal. So start your new year off with a health affirmation and make some of the best CBD that I've tried, part of your daily health practice and regimen. Truempscience.com forward slash ref forward slash 23. Bang in 15 mins when you check out and you'll get the goodies. All right, let's get into the show.
1: Whew. What a whirlwind. What a whirlwind from last night. It's always interesting being on with Clyde. Clyde is one smart motherfucker, i got to tell you. And I think he has
0: one of the great radio voices, too. The, the guy just reminds me of uh, kind of an old school sort of fire and brimstone, hell and damnation creature. That's what I get from Clyde. He's uh, a, a, a Pisces son, and he has Saturn in Pisces. So he has a lot of the this kind of heavy Piscean uh, sort of apocryphal vibe about him. And um, I enjoy it. I ain't going to lie. Th- th- there aren't many people that intimidate me. Clyde gets really close to intimidating me because he's so fucking smart and he is so, you know, esoterically wired up right i'm like okay whenever i go on his show i have to bring my a game not that i don't bring my a game to other shows but i have to bring my a game with clyde show not only that but the 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 uh the tempo of the show is you know really tight right like there's commercials um you know this is this is terrestrial radio and um yeah i can't swear <laughs> I'll bleep it out
1: and i'm pretty cognizant of that you know I've, i haven't dropped as many f-bombs on this fucking show lately um wow this is an interesting picture i'm just i'm trying to just focus on
0: some of the background details this is in cincinnati by the way this is what i have as the uh, green screen in the background the numbers are very interesting what do we have We got. Uh, one. looks like is that 21 or 30 I can't tell 27 17, 14 and we got some numeric codes here showing up in the background. Anyway it was a good show I I, I enjoyed it um but it's always it's always challenging because I never know when we're going to commercial so I got to get it all I gotta get as much of it as much of a, as I can in. And Clyde always has something to add. And then there are these moments where I'll be talking, and I have i think I experienced one last night. And then he goes to commercial break, and I, I can hear it in my headphones, and I know it's happening sooner than uh, it's happening in
1: my head, right? Because there's a bit of a delay. So it's like I've just got to be cognizant. So when you're
0: cognizant of things like that, it It takes a different kind of mindset like you you can't just ramble and you know the circle around the sun until you get to the point um it's kind of like when uh sting w- hired all those jazz musicians after he left the police and those are guys that were really used to playing you know longer pieces of music and going through you know each uh you know player in their ensemble and everybody gets a chance to solo and then the you know the, the solo changes how people play inside the track right inside the piece of music but when they started to play with sting they're in a pop format and they're dealing with songs that are anywhere between you know 4 to 6 maybe 7 minutes long at the most uh cuz sting was all all about the hits right he wanted hits he was staying was a gimme like some of those police songs are below three minutes because that's what they wanted they wanted to be a big deal they wanted to sell a lot of records and uh that's what he did so for the jazz guys they had to burn fast right they had to get in and
1: even talk about it in the movie i think i think it's Branford marsalis or maybe um Uh, Maybe Daryl Jones. I forget. But that's what being on Clyde is like. It's
0: like, here you go. You get to, you get to solo and you got to, you got to do your shit fast and make it tight. But I, you know, after I do a show like that, I'm kind of wound up too. So there was that and cutting through the, the weeds on, on Twitter, the machete on Twitter was, it took me a while, but I got there eventually. And at some point, you've just got to shut it down and say, fuck it. And then I got up this morning. You can always tell, for me, the level of panic I have with the amount of light that's in my room. <laughs> I'm like, there's too much light in
1: this fucking room right now. I'm late. I'm late. And for whatever reason, I my alarm didn't go
0: off until supposed to go off at like what uh 705 it grew off to 805 typical Mercury retrograde but it's okay we live we learn we grow this is how it works hopefully um let's get into you guys
1: Chatoria Chatoria there was a place
0: nothing like Eden, but close as it can be here. Chattaria. All right, we got Thomas, TJ, Chris, and Steve. I got to give you guys a call. I was going to do it yesterday, but of course, uh, my my monkey mind took me someplace else. It's today, today's station the to station. But I will call you and hopefully later on in the day. Good to see you. I hope you had a wonderful holiday. I hope everybody had a great New Year's. Uh, who else is have? The the beautiful one. The beautiful one. Let's see. We have the beautiful one, the lovely and talented one, the classy one. And they're right next to each other. There's the classy one. Sony. Hi, Sony. Kelly B.
1: checking in. Morning back at you, Kelly B. Um. Robert did a good now. Thank you. You guys listened. That wasn't too bad. I even fucked up
0: because I had the wrong year. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, we're still in 2022. And the and I noticed well, the moon shouldn't be here. You see, that's professionalism. It's not quite attention to detail. But it was professionalism. I noticed that the moon was in the wrong part of the universe. Wrong part of the solar system. Wrong part of the chart. Stop the presses. Redo the chart. I did it, but luckily enough, the two aspects I had already talked
1: about were still in the chart. Thank God. Course correct. That's part of the theme for today. Thank you, Chris and Steve. Oh, it's okay, Wendy. I, I, you know, I got through it. Right. I, I was nimble. I was dancing. He's dancing with the devil in the, in the twilight. I was watching uh, some
0: clips. I want to go back and rewatch the first Batman with Tim Burton
1: at the helm and Jack Nicholson as the Joker. That's a really dark movie. I mean, for what was that? The eighties.
0: Everything just blurs now, but that was a really dark movie. When, when you look at the what Tim Burton is doing in terms of Gotham city and some of the interiors, uh, some of the things that they, you know, use in the background. There's a scene where, um, the Joker comes into, uh, the character played by Kim Basinger, who in that movie, she's such a terrible actress. I mean, you can tell she's acting and she's, I don't know where that is in terms of Kim Basinger's arc as an actress, but it's kind of hard to watch in certain scenes. Of course she's beautiful um, but there's a scene where Jack Nicholson comes into the, her apartment and you know when you look at movies, when I look at movies that I haven't seen in a long time, through a different set of eyes now, you see different things and uh Tim Burton is clearly an occultist. I mean, we, we know that we've, we've seen some of his other work post Batman, but it really shows up and he has a great visual style. And I know he's working with other people in terms of set design and things like that, but he has a great visual style somewhere between like, you know, Gothic art and comic book. And there's this, there's a scene in, uh, Kim Basinger's apartment, where uh Michael Keaton, who obviously plays Batman, is in Bruce Wayne character. And he's by the fireplace. The Joker and two of his henchmen are inside her apartment. And on the mantle of the fireplace are two obelisks. So you have you have Boaz and Yakin. And then outside of the apartment, in the hallway of the apartment are two more obelisks. I'm like, shit, look at this. We have one scene and four obelisks, and then even the scene where uh, Jack Nicholson's Joker character comes in and kills his crime boss, uh, Jack played by Jack Palance,
1: Jack Palance, Palance, Jack Palance. It's not quite as um,
0: symbolic in a cult way but the visual of the office is incredible so i'm going to go back and, and rewatch the uh the first batman movie user 13 calling
1: user 13 user 13 come in please uh let's see jj what's happening jj chicago is the gotham in the midwest
0: Queen Lisa, why is it so so difficult to get on the show at times? I don't know. Sometimes it's difficult for me to start the show,
1: but it has nothing to do with Boxcast and more more to do with me. Uh, Mary Lee. Mary Lee in the house. Good morning, Mary Lee. It's 15 minutes of flame and not of. That's why we have a OV and not OF.
0: Couldn't get that. Double B Beth Berry's here. What's going on, Beth? Good to see you. SJS, happy new year back at you. Who else? Equacentric. What's going on, Equa? Checking in.
1: Let's see who else. Yeah, it was Tommy's birthday on Saturday. The Joker, speaking of the Joker, that's the Joker card in the uh, playing card system. Let's see. This is a show that Nish did a few weeks ago. Look at that. Tom, doing a little love for Nish. Good man. Let's
0: see. Anybody else? Steve Lectro. Hey, what's going on? I put the crystal geyser water through Berkey. Now enjoying a glass of water. Yeah, I remember back in the day when Crystal Geyser came on the scene. That was coming out of uh, that was coming out of Calistoga, Napa County. They had Crystal Geyser, and they had Calistoga water. I don't know if you can still get Calistoga water. Calistoga was the first mineral water that I had outside of Perrier, which I've never liked. Never liked Perrier. I was like, I know I'm supposed to like this. I don't really like it. It's a
1: little flat. Who else do we have? There's my man, DJ MC. What's happening? Michael Lisa W. What's happening? Hucklebuck 411 is here. We had it. We had it almost 80 degrees Sunday. I had to turn the air conditioning on. Uh, who else? Lynn is here morning Finka, scribe of persia can't stay off to work hey we're glad you stopped by thanks for stopping by always nice to get a drive by
0: never swear i remember mrs Curtin lying all the boys up in the kitchen to observe peter's head in sync as mrs mrs curtain put a bar of soap in for five minutes you boys got it yes mrs Curtin.
1: yeah the soap the soap is very effective very susie the sea goddess checking in from cali yes lynn i tried i tried famous last words he tried morning
0: aldi krimbo if you follow cult priestess you have a good idea how the krimi's holiday celebration
1: was sweet yeah i i've been on her show i haven't i haven't uh I haven't connected with her for a while. She's also a, a, a Twitter pal. Uh, Kabuki Theater.
0: What's shaking besides California? We, got a, we have an earthquake. There was some earthquake
1: uh, rumblings yesterday for California. The cult priestess, yes. She's been connected with the Krimis for a while. She loves them. She's cool. Uh, let's see, Mark M, Mister Matheny, my astrological brother from another mother. Jack Palance, very interesting face. Yeah, he 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 was an interesting character. He was a poet. <laughs> He's he was an odd guy, but a you know, cool guy. I like Jack Palance. Um,
0: I just I. Uh, I want, to, I want to camp just to get a break from the EMF soup. Christine, I have a rabbit question for you. Because I, I got a, a Le Creuset from uh, the good doctor for Christmas. Wonderful gift, by the way. And in 2023, I really want to dive into more culinary stuff. And I want to cook a rabbit in the La Crusade, but the rumor I heard is that you're not supposed to eat a rabbit in any month that doesn't end with R. Can you confirm that? Can you confirm that rumor? And this is your this is your year. I mean it's not your astrological year because uh
1: I know you're not a rabbit. Maybe you might be a rabbit. I forget what year you were born in. I think you're a little younger than me. But being that that is your your uh, avocation, so to speak, it could be a good year for you. Let's see, who else do we have? Okay, Ralph, no, uh, Queen Lisa, you no. You have an out. You have an out. Anybody else? is here. Uh, User
0: 13, worst Batman franchise ever actors a tough call you have kim b jared leto and alicia s so many
1: more all the batmans have been interesting choices michael keaton might be the most underrated of the batmans i like
0: michael keaton although he's another jibber jabber he's another jibber jabber
1: uh you know blue in the head kind of guy have you ever seen birdman that movie's a trip that movie is one long fucking shot
0: i don't know how they did it it's one long extended shot
1: there's no edits in birdman it's crazy absolutely crazy um isn't
0: Dunkirk like that too? Or one of the, one of the recent war movies where it's just
1: all one shot. I think it was a bit of an underrated Batman. I kind of checked out when George Clooney
0: showed up and Val Kilmer showed up to play Batman. It was it was like, uh I don't know. I, I'm not sure I even want to go back and watch that. Uh I like Christian Bale's Batman. Even though he's got the weird voice and, he, and he's he's obviously really doing everything he can to not make his accent sound British. But I like Christian Bale. He's a really good actor. I like I like I like the uh I like that that, that trilogy. To me, those are the best Batman movies. But I do want to go back and watch that first Batman again. And that's the the uh, sound that was danny elfman doing those soundtracks god he's creepy he's really creepy have you seen bridget fonda by the way he married bridget fonda and danny elfman turned himself into you know he it was it, it was like he used caratop as a role model you know caratop used to be the skinny little comic and then he got all buffed and shit danny elfman did the same thing like their their image images of danny elfman during covid and the guys rip city and then you look at these there were a few pictures that got out of bridget fonda i think cruising around santa barbara or wherever they like santa barbara and my god you can't even recognize bridget fonda it's like "Eh, that that original person is in
1: there somewhere i don't know where she is and i'm not fat shaming but boy, was she big and frumpy,
0: just unusual. It's almost like Danny Elfman. Like I'm going to be young forever. I'm going to tap into HGH and who knows what else. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to get ripped. I'm going to use all the available energy in my vicinity, including the person that I'm with. Because that person looks, Bridget Fonda looks like she's about, I don't know, in her late
1: 60s in, you know, shops at um, Goodwill. Not that shopping at Goodwill isn't a bad thing. I've done it many times. Uh, Let's see, Scrubbies is here. What's going on, Scrubbies? Uh, Catherine Kramer, Double K. You're not late. You're on time. Why would
0: it matter when you eat the rabbit? Let's see what Christine says. That's nuts. I am a rabbit in Chinese Zodiac. There you go. It's your that's what I was thinking about. I thought you're younger than me. This is your year. You're the water rabbit. You're a
1: rabbit. Rabbits are your avocation. Uh Sony said I've heard something similar for seafood. Interesting. Uh let's see. Who else do we have in here? Steve's here. What's going on, Steve? I think we came to the end. What's the what's the rabbit thing? Let's check out the rabbit thing. Here it is. Um, Huntingnet.com. Here, I'll throw it up here. We'll go down the rabbit rabbit hole. What's the story behind the old saying, only shoot a rabbit in a month with an R in it?
0: Any good rabbit recipes? I've only heard that expression in relation to the safe times to eat oysters. So to Sony's point, would assume that it refers to the fact that rabbits are safer to eat in cold weather. In my family, we never shot rabbits until we got a freeze or a very hard frost. It was supposed to kill parasites on rabbits that cause disease. Uh, In the summer months, most rabbits has what we call wolves in them. It's a grub worm looking thing that lives under their skin they go away when it gets colder outside so that's probably where it comes from i've always heard not to shoot rabbits until after the first frost something about them having worms until then so there's some there might be some legitimacy
1: to that here's another one permies.com another message board uh let's see i know when it is warm You shouldn't eat wild
0: rabbits, but that you can kill them in the winter. But I'm not sure uh, when that winter official begins and ends with the rabbit population. According to the Michigan Department of Natural Resources, the cottontail rabbit and snowshoe hare season
1: is September 5th, Travis County of Austin. No, oh. let's see. I should probably take this, but I can't. I will call them back. Um, according to Michigan uh, Department
0: of Natural Resources, okay, so March 31st. I don't know if those are the wild rabbits you're asking me about, but that's what I could find. I hope that helps. Uh, We just use the first snowfall when the lilacs bloomed as our window. So there's something to it. We say if the month has an R, then it is rabbit-eaten month. So September through April. So the month has to have an R. doesn't have to end in R. Reason is potential parasite contamination during the winter months. That's what our old-timers say around here in the Rocky Mountains.
1: There you go. All right. Um, So there's our rabbit breakdown. There's our rabbit breakdown, our rapid rabbit breakdown. Let's get into last night. Last night, one of the
0: most odd occurrences that um, we've seen with sports. And in sports in general, it was a crazy, crazy night. And again, I follow sports peripherally. I don't. I don't watch live NFL. I don't watch live NBA. I don't watch live MLB because it takes up way too much time. And honestly, all those leagues lost me during the
1: the supposed lockdown, so-called lockdown. So um, I watch highlights though. And last night in the NBA, Donovan Mitchell scored 71 points. That's a
0: lot of fucking points. Plays for the Cleveland Cavaliers. And Clay Thompson scored 54 points for the Golden State Warriors. And LeBron James, everybody's favorite, scored 45 points for the
1: uh, L.A. Lakers. It was a huge scoring night in the NBA. But that wasn't the story. The story was of course what happened with um, damar hamlin so let me find a good visual here so i'm going into espn and Bills say Hamlin suffered cardiac arrest during the game. We'll uh, skip Scott Van Pelt. I'll just read this. Buffalo safety DeMar Hamlin
0: had his heart be restored on the field after suffering a cardiac arrest during the team's game Monday night against the Bengals. And he is currently in critical condition at a Cincinnati Hospital. The Bills said in the statement early Tuesday morning, the chilling scene midway through the opening quarter led the league to postpone the game about 90 minutes after kickoff. CPR was administered by Hamlin, uh, Mister. to Hamlin 24 on the field for multiple minutes after he collapsed following his tackle of Bengals wide
1: receiver T Higgins. That happened 23 minutes into the game. 23 minutes into the game. Uh, and I think there was nine 11 on the clock when he went down.
0: This is what Clyde Lewis was talking about last night. Hamlin is number three. And of course it was the second day. So you get your 23 there. Hamlin received oxygen according to ESPN's broadcast as he was placed in the ambulance and taken off the field 16 minutes after he collapsed. He then was driven. To the nearby University of Cincinnati Medical Center. According to the Bills, he is currently sedated and listed in critical condition. University of Cincinnati Medical Center did not anticipate making any statement early Tuesday morning. The majority of the Bills team remained at Paycor Stadium well into Monday night. The team departed shortly after midnight and returned to Buffalo. Our thoughts are with DeMar and the Buffalo Bills. In a conference call shortly after midnight, the NFL did not provide an update on potentially rescheduling the game. As the league enters the final week of the regular season. The injury took place after Hamlin tackled Higgins following the Bengals' wideout wideouts reception over the middle near midfield. Higgins led with his right shoulder and hit Hamlin in the chest. So we see him get up quickly. It's like he's up, and then all of a sudden he falls backwards. Um, how many times have we seen this? Now, some people are
1: saying that. It was the jar to the chest that did this. And I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe that was it.
0: Unfortunately, we've all been conditioned to watch these soccer players, which Tom brought up in chat, or the Krimis brought up in chat, I forget which, uh, that just drop, right? We watch them play and they drop. We watch newscasters doing a doing a newscast and drop and we go all the way back to tiffany
1: dover or drover i think it's dover dover or drover who was from uh, nashville the nurse and they were given their press conference that
0: everybody was you know vaxxed up and safe and the public should do it and she has her eyes rolled back in her head and Boom, like that happened, and nobody's been able to prove that
1: she's still alive. That you can't prove she's still alive. And this has been going on for a while now. In a football related, and there have been some football related collapses. And I'm not talking football
0: with a U, talking football with an O O T. There had been some football-related really collapse. Uh, the one injury that really got my attention didn't even take place on the field, and it had to do with Sam Ellinger's young bro- younger brother who was playing uh, linebacker for University of Texas, and he collapsed off campus. He died. He suffered a heart attack, and nobody has ever really addressed. When does somebody who's, what, what was he, 20?
1: 19, 20? Just collapsed from a heart attack. It happens, but it's been incredibly rare. Like people later later
0: on in their life have heart attacks. They have strokes. But the Overton window has changed for that. Like it's it's moved up. So is it inconceivable that this might have happened with DeMar Hamlin. The answer to that is no; it's not inconceivable.
1: What I think is interesting about the event, if you look behind me with the with this, uh, green screen,
0: you can see everybody huddled over him and they're praying. Right, this is a this is a mass moment of prayer. It's, and I talked about this on the uh, Astro Weather Report that um that that moment of prayer was always a part of the nfl broadcast starting in the 80s i think it was um steve wallace or guy mcintyre one of the 49ers of that time who started that and it just grew and grew and grew and a lot of times they would show the closing credits of a game and they'd show the players huddled together in prayer and i think that's when paul tagliaboo was the commissioner And once Roger Goodell became commissioner, a lot of the things that they used to do in the NFL went away. And, I, I, you know, again, for the sake of being more precise with my language and my um, examples, I'm not sure if it ended on Tagliabue's watch or it ended
1: uh, kind of in an early version of Goodell's watch. Goodell's a Pisces, by the way. But it ended. And when I say it ended, they didn't tell the players that they can't do it.
0: It's just that the TV networks stopped showing it at the end of the game. So the players are still doing it. They'll still get together. They'll come together. And football and prayer have been synonymous. You know, when I when I played football briefly for a year in high school, people would – uh, the coach would, you know, would say a prayer. Somebody would say a prayer here in Texas. It's huge. I mean, they will bring in a minister to say a prayer before a game and to pray that everybody plays as well as they can and that,
1: you know, people are safe. Right. And and people will say, well, um, is God doesn't look after football games like god has bigger things to do
0: like what right like if god is really god you see that's looking at god from a very limited human perspective because humans can't multitask or uh, attend to multiple realities theoretically so we look at it through that lens well god's got better things to do yeah like what and the war in ukraine and I'm not down on God. I'm not dising God here. trust me. I, I don't I
1: don't tempt the fates.
0: <laughs> I've seen what happens when you tempt the
1: fates like that. It doesn't always end well. That said, is it impossible for theoretical God to be deeply invested in all things especially when when, there's a window that's open. And I know some people say, well, who are you praying to? Who are you praying to? If you open your heart, and again,
0: you had a cardiac arrest, this is a heart moment, right? If you open your heart, and it's not a mental construct, and a lot of people don't know how to do that. They, they don't know how to do that. They don't know how to open open the heart. So that when the prayer is um, evoked or invoked, rather, when the prayer is invoked, it's coming from a heart space and not a head space. And when, when it, uh, and when you really come from a heart space, I believe you're connecting with the source that is all things. And I tend to be really heady. Uh, and I've had to drop my head. more than one occasion when i just would run into something that i just couldn't handle you know i just couldn't handle it and um that that's been it's been tricky at times but it's also been good for me you know it's been it's been humbling especially the times when i would hit you know kind of this nadir and i'm like what do i do you run out of options Because your everyday construct can't handle something that seems to be above your pay grade. And everybody runs into that from time to time. And there are degrees where you can kind of navigate through things and realize, well, there's another way of doing this. I'm not stuck in the binary kind of um, circuit. You get out of the binary circuit. What happens if I go here? What happens if I, you know? I talked about that. I know it's a minor event, but I talked about that when I picked up my mother. And I decided not to go to the arrivals because it was just too crowded, and I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to force my way into somebody else's path. So I went to the departures, and then I, you know, called her on my cell phone, and the guy who was with her, who was. Uh, pushing her wheelchair, help her get up, get up there to the, to the departures. And it went easy. Right. So that's kind of moving out of the, you know, that, that's a different kind of navigational moment, right? That's where these are not like deep life altering circumstances. I'm picking my mother up at the airport, but but those are applicable. I'm talking about when you just are like, I don't know what else I can do. And even then, there's not always a guarantee that your theoretical prayers are going to be answered, and at least not in that time. You you it's like you have to get to a place where there's some kind of perfect pitch, whatever that perfect pitch is. I mean, it could
1: be, um, you know, a basso profundo, right? It's low and it's deep, but it's a
0: perfect pitch, meaning that you're down in that place where everything about your experience is completely integrated, so you're at one with your intention.
1: And that's when prayer, I think, really begins to become, how would I describe it, kind of electrochemical force um, in one's life. And there was, a, uh, what was this back in early 2000s? I was
0: doing this uh, kind of side hustle with these women in New York who had a really interesting business model. I don't know if they're still in business, but they were really good at what they were doing. And they were like a uh, an incubator, early adopter think tank. They were really smart. And
1: they would send people out and, um, interview, like really
0: ahead of the curve thinkers. And they would put they would have like these interviews would be on video, and I was one of those people. And um so I interviewed you know, maybe about half a dozen people from that. And then what they would do is they would they would condense that material, And then they would future cast with it, right? These are the trends that we're looking at. And then they would sell their future casts to corporations. It was really an interesting business model. So one time they sent me to the Institute of Noetic Sciences, which was in the Bay Area. I think it's like Petaluma or I think that's where it is. And of course, that's the place that was started by Edgar Mitchell,
1: and um who did I interview there? What was his name? I was I had to think about it. Let's see, our staff. Let's see who the staff is. Let's see, our scientists. Who's there now? Dean Radin. That's who I. he's been there for a long time. That's who I interviewed
0: Dean Radin. Um, and then I, I was actually
1: in one of uh, Dean Radin's ongoing um, experiments in noticing. This guy's got a cool name, Rusty Shores. I don't know, though, if your name is Rusty and your last name
0: is Shores, why don't you just go with Dusty? How could you stop at Rusty?
1: Dusty Shores. Rusty Shores is cool. Dusty Shores is cooler. Just saying. Uh, at that time, I did a, um, an interview with the director, and she talked about an experiment they had with prayer. And they had a group of nuns that were that they had uh, essentially
0: contacted and contracted out to, to be part of this experiment. And
1: they had these nuns, uh, like, uh, praying uh, for people who had been injured. And the,
0: uh, and I don't know what they were using as their baseline. But it seemed to have an effect on the people that were injured. A positive effect, not a negative effect, but a positive effect. And I thought, well, that's interesting, right? So so this whole idea of prayer has some merit and some meaning to it. But I think you have to be at the right octave in order to really connect with it, right? And it's not a heady process. And some people have asked me, well, why do you why did you stop? you know, doing the invocation and the
1: prayer before each show. And the reason why is because um, I thought it was too heady.
0: Like I was coming from my head and I I was like thinking, well, what do I need to say?
1: What do I need to um, convey? And I'm like, if I have to think about it, it's probably
0: not coming from, A place with the right octave right and there were certain days where i could kind of get into a place where i could drop down but if you have to think about it i think if you have to think about it too much you have to rethink where you're coming from that's just that was just my perspective i'm like you know not that i didn't believe it or believe in it because it's always it's hey i think it's better than nothing in some ways but on some level it's like you've got to come from a different place. And that's why I actually stopped, not because I had a you know break with faith or anything like that. And In human design, um, there's a little thing called trajectory, and apparently I'm, anti-de- I'm anti-deist. And Jordan Peterson is deist. And when you look at Jordan Peterson and you hear what he talks about, hey, Jordan Peterson invokes God a lot. You know, he, he, he has a very controversial interpretation
1: of the Bible and Christianity and Jesus. But he does it nonetheless. And it's not that
0: I don't believe in God, trust me. I've had too many experiences where I've seen things and experienced things in my own life and in other people's lives that I do. But I'm not starting from the same place as Jordan Peterson. And neither one is better or worse than the other. So, uh, you know, I'll give you an example of, for me, um, what was the right octave? So when I was uh, 24, it was 24, 25, 25. I'd come back from Finhorn and uh, I had this job that I was, and it's a really
1: interesting I never really thought about it in these terms, but it's a really interesting. Let's call it a dialectic between manifestation and prayer. So when I came back from Findhorn, I
0: decided to uh, I was really intrigued by Findhorn and the gardens of Findhorn and you know, plant life and David and elemental energies and all that stuff. And I thought, I'm going to become a landscape designer. And you you got to go to school for shit like that. But I had it in my mind, oh, well, this is a cool thing. You know, you get to work with plants, you get to do all these interesting things, right? And get in touch with what uh, what the power of nature can bring, especially if it's intentional and you know, I'd read The Secret Garden and I was, you know, it was kind of like, that was, I was into it. So I said to myself, well, first of all, I got this book by David Spangler on manifestation. And it was a
1: really comprehensive look at how to manifest. I'm like, okay, well, let me try it out. So I did.
0: And what I wanted to do is I wanted to manifest a job with a landscaper landscape company because there were a number of them on the coast where I was living
1: at the time so I did it and a couple days later um I would I would drive my what was I driving at that time
0: I think I had a Volkswagen Rabbit and I'd drive it to the beach sometimes I'd run there but for this one day I drove there it wasn't that far from my house. And um, I went running. I would always, I would run on the beach with my dog. And I came back to my car and I noticed that there was this woman in her truck. And she couldn't start her truck. And I noticed on the side of her truck that it was an advertisement for a landscape company.
1: Like that she worked for a landscape company. And I talked with her. And I said, well, do you need help?
0: And part of that was altruistic, but there was another part, which was like, this is part of the manifestation. So she got in the car and we took off and she's married, um, had a kid. And we started to talk about spirituality and manifestation.
1: And I told her what I had done. And she said, well, I'm actually looking for somebody
0: to help me because i do indoor landscaping would you be interested because at that time i didn't have a job would you be interested in doing it and i said yeah sure i mean here we go right i really want to go work you know with you know the outdoor landscaping but hey it's a foot in the door right So I went down, I filled out an application. I got hired. She started to take me out for about three days. And then there were these two guys who were on the landscaping crew who were uh, Mexican. And they got deported. I guess somebody from ICE did kind of, they don't do this anymore. But somebody at ICE decided, hey, let's go out to this landscape site and let's see who's got some ID. Right, So they found these two guys who worked with this crew and they sent it back
1: to Mexico. So this guy who ran the place, you know, needed all hands on deck. And Hey, what about
0: you? Can you do this? I'm like, sure. So now all of a sudden my manifestation has happened. And I'm like, man, this is fucking cool. Look at the power of manifestation. Look what I got here. This is great. Well, then I'd have to get up at six in the morning, which is eh, it's not a big deal. Although today was a big deal. Maybe a little bit before six. I'd have to be there at six. So I'd have my coffee go down. I'd get there. And then I would get in this big truck, you know, a dually, front seat, back seat.
1: And I'd be in there with uh, the guy who ran the business and the landscape group. And then we would drive from
0: Half Moon Bay, which is kind of where I was living, all the way out to Livermore in the East Bay or Dublin. It was Dublin, close to Livermore. And my job was to dig ditches, basically from sunup to sundown. That was my job. We were putting sprinkler systems at this uh, condo complex. And as a projector, let me just tell you, it was not fun. It was not fun. And And I went through all these like spiritual exercises in my head oh see what you wanted see what you wanted see what you got Uh uh-huh uh-huh how's that working out for you buddy it's just you and the shovel in the dirt how much more spiritual is it than that chop wood carry water motherfucker
1: how about that and i would come home at night and i was in pretty good shape and i yeah i was pretty exhausted and that went
0: on for maybe about five or six weeks and then thankfully the guys from mexico came back and i'll never forget there are these dudes that came out with us one time there were these portuguese guys these motherfuckers were ambitious they would get up in the morning
1: and they would you know they were garbage men they were on the refuse crew
0: so they would do their garbage run and then they'd jump on the landscape crew and
1: work all fucking day i'm like you gotta be kidding me they drove corvettes by the way does that does that give you any
0: insight into uh you know their their relative worth right these guys work worked their ass up worked hard looked like they played a little hard too that was a trippy job so then i came back and started doing the planscaping and I nearly killed all the plants. I almost got fired. The same woman who I s- saved, right? On the, on, I didn't save her, but I helped her out with her battery and stuff. She almost had to fire me because I was such a fuck up on the plants. Overwatering. You know, if you don't know what you're doing with plants, you can
1: kill them, obviously. And so she gave me this ultimatum. She said, you got two weeks to get it together and that really got my attention I'm like shit i can't get fired from this job
0: i don't want to get fired let me spend all my time and focus and energy with these plants right so by the time she came back two weeks later they were all looking great i had like figured it out i figured out just how you know you've got the clumping test and all this other shit trimming them and you trim it after the water and all these things So I'm like, Aces, right? I'm like, man, I got this. And um, I got really good. And it was a cool job. I could, you know, cruise around, listen to music, eat lunch, hang out, do these plans, and then go home. And once I kind of mastered it, they told her, because she was trying to get more business, uh, the guy who ran the the company said, you got to let him go. We can't afford him. You got to go back out and do it. So I got cut loose, right? So there's a lot of lessons in there. You know, I got what I was wanting to manifest. I got it. It was imperfect, but it was also perfect. And then once I got to a certain level, I was done, right? Once I figured it out, once I was able to display uh, consistent competence, I was done. And I remember her name was Sharon. She was a really cool person. Um, I remember when I, I got let go and she was crying. She was in tears. And I said, don't cry for me. It's like, you know, I'm fine. I'll be fine. I said, you're, I think you're really crying for yourself, <laughs> but you know, it's cool. You can cry for yourself because her dreams of going out and being more than just a plantscaper and drumming up new business and new accounts a way to kind of move up in the world for her, you know, like the the plug got pulled on that. And I remember when I, I got called into the guy's office, I'm like, I said, thanks for the opportunity. Shook his hand left. But then there was this down period where I wasn't working. And I was living at
1: home and it was grinding. I was starting to grind. And I, I remember, um, I remember
0: listening to Time by Pink Floyd, um, it was just playing in my head. Like I'm wasting time. I'm wasting time. Like time became this, you know, like an anvil on my back. And right around that time, I I had uh, made a new buddy, a new friend, and we went camping one weekend. And I, and I think I've told this story before, but we went camping, and we went up to the Mendocino area, and he. Was somebody, he was a Capricorn, by the way, very cool guy. And he was very quiet. If you're ever around somebody who's really quiet for long periods of time, it can be very unnerving,
1: especially if you talk a lot um, and you have a lot of thoughts that, you know, um, ping pong in your head. And I had a lot of thoughts ping pong in my head at that time. I mean, it was such a weird weekend.
0: So we go up to Mendocino and there are a couple of things that happened. Come on up here. Um, one of the things that happened was the night that we spent, it was a Saturday night and uh, he had a van. And so there was enough room for the two of us to, because it was kind of cold and foggy in Mendocino. And uh, there was enough room for the two of us to sleep in the van. He had his space, I had my space. And I remember that night, um, having the most intense fucking like, it wasn't even a dream. It was sort of, it was beyond a dream. It, it was like my spirit had encountered a coven in the area where they were doing some kind, you know, I don't have these kinds of dreams really anymore, but it was a coven and I had um like on an astral level, found what they were doing, kind of a ritual thing. And and again, I wasn't even really indoctrinated into that world. I mean, I knew that these things happened, but it wasn't like we had the same kind of awareness that we have now. And that was disturbing because they noticed me, right? They noticed my, it was weird. It was very weird it wasn't like I had an astral projection moment, although I did have those later on. I had them before then, too. But it it was somewhere between an astral projection and a dream. And it was very unnerving. And I woke up the next day, and it was like I was kind of rattled. Very, very strange. But even my friend, whose silence was also unnerving, got me to think a lot about my life. And I thought to myself, well, you're just a fucking spiritual tourist. That's all you are. You're just a spiritual poser you have all these ideas and these concepts and these philosophies
1: and you know what are you really who are you really it was it was a very interesting moment right so i remember that monday getting up and i meditated
0: and i prayed i remember i didn't have a job but i was in the right octave this is where this is the story is going i was in the right octave I was kind of in the basso profundo or maybe just whatever they call it. It was a, it was a deeper octave. Like I was staring my life in my face and like for all the things that you know, you don't know anything. So I said, all right, God,
1: I don't have a job. I don't know what I'm doing. Just show me what to do. Whatever it is, I'll do it. And I was in the right place. And I got done. It was I was living at home. My father was there. And he told me,
0: uh, he asked me, hey, do you want to go down to the post office and get your mails? We both had P.O. boxes. We didn't have uh, delivery to, the, to our house. You actually had to go to the P.O. box. And so our P.O. boxes were in the town next to where we were living, a little place called Moss Beach in California. And this is early in the day, maybe like, I don't know, eight o'clock, 8.15, 8.30, somewhere around there. Just as the post office is opening. And the postmaster had just put, I didn't know this, but he had just put a sign on the door and they were looking for help. And there's one position in the post office that you can get tired for without taking a test. And the position was rural route relief carrier. So I applied for it and I got the job and the
1: woman who was uh, the carrier, she went on maternity leave.
0: But then there was like a bunch of weird shit with her and some, and, you know, the, the, you would see the strangest shit with post offices and and people claiming that they're injured and and trying to get workers comp. And that's what that's what happened with her. So my stay became much longer than just a mere you know, four months or five months or whatever it was supposed to be. I think I worked there for about a year and a half. I should have stayed there. But that was the difference between, and it worked fine. It was great. Got up in the morning, sorted the mail, you know, put the mail, and I learned the route easily, and people loved me. And the first year there for Christmas, I was getting all these gifts and mailboxes, and you know, bottles of wine, bottles of booze, cookies, um pumpkin bread money it was it was really cool and easy right so that was like the difference between manifestation and prayer one I actively brought that thing into my life and I learned something from it and I'm not saying that one was better than the other I learned something from the manifestation part Um, I learned that manifestation can be imperfect and no matter how much you kind of scope it out, it it can be imperfect, but even that is perfect. there's something to learn from it. The prayer
1: was completely perfect. There was, there was nothing I had to learn from it except, you know, the, the basic function of the job. You know, one, one was a vehicle
0: of grace, and the other was more of a vehicle of personal will. One was higher will, and the other was personal will. And so when you go through a personal will moment, and our true will theoretically is our own personal will. And that theoretically was also the, I had invitations. I didn't know that about human human design. I don't think even, it might've existed then. No, I don't think it existed then. That would come later. It would come post-harmonic uh, convergence. Anyway, so the the, the, the the tone or the octave of prayer is really important. So here in the background, bring this all back to Damar Hamlin, it's a stunning moment, right? Stunning moment. You had people stopping their lives to pray for somebody that they don't even know. And he has a, a, a foundation, and this is not like a, you know, he's a sixth round, fifth or sixth round draft pick, out of LSU, which is interesting because they're the Tigers and they were playing in Cincinnati, which are the Bengals, and the quarterback who threw the pass, I believe,
1: was a teammate of his, Joe Burrow. What do rabbits do? They burrow. Um, so he had this foundation where he has it. He was trying to get $2,500 by presents for kids for Christmas. I think the guy's got like probably close to $4 million now in his foundation. And people just want to give it to him just in case,
0: you know, he passed away and, you know, he, who, you know, a lot of these guys in the NFL
1: do not come from uh, very wealthy families usually somewhere between high poverty and lower middle class there are some there are are a number
0: that don't but there's the majority of the players in the nfl um usually the byproduct of a single mom right you know the story and i don't know if that's the case with him but and it's not always uh, cool to assume but we can you know, begin to put some of the pieces together where he might fit that profile. And if that's the case, he's, and a lot of, a lot of times these players dedicate themselves to making their lives
1: for their family better. And a lot of people diss sports, but the NFL and the NBA have created for better, or worse generational money for
0: families that wouldn't be able to sniff it. There are guys that have played in the NFL, and if they didn't have football, um, they'd either be incarcerated,
1: dead, or working uh, some kind of, you know, small-scale wage gig. Pro sports, particularly the NFL, has created life-changing money for a certain group of people. And for better or worse, sometimes it's worse. In the case of Vince Young it was not a good thing, and sometimes it's better. You look at somebody like Warwick Dunn, who every year would buy a house for somebody. That's what he would do. I don't know if he's still doing it,
0: but he would do that. That's that's what the NFL has done. It has created um, personal wealth for a group of people demographic that would not have access to it by and large. So I don't know exactly what his socioeconomic status was before last night, but it's changed, right? It's changed. He's now got $4 million in rising in his foundation, which he could use for his foundation. Or if he was to somehow never play another down of football again, it'll help. Right. And that's what, the, and people, people diss America. To me, this is, like in America at its finest moment. You know, you see all these people that are uh, gathered. It doesn't matter what skin color they are. White, brown, black, doesn't matter. They're all there in that moment. One focus, one person, one intention, one octave. That's what they're doing. And millions of Americans around this country have responded both financially and spiritually to this young man's crisis. And I'm not even going to get into like the, the, the dirty backstory with the Buffalo bills and what they were demanding their players do in 2021. I could do a whole show on that, but I'm, I'm going to leave that aside. I'm taking it up another octave here, another level. Cause this is what I, and Steve uh, dropped this into my DM and said yeah look at what happened you know the brotherhood the brotherhood being football players he played football you know this is the this is the thing that football players share it's like being a soldier in a war it's the same kind of dynamic and then you have all these fans that 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 have rallied around this young man and and there have been some weirdly divisive things said i kind of got on brandon bean last night who's the gm for the bills And, of course, the Bills fans, get your mouth out of our front office. It's like, fuck you. It's only a fucking sport. And, by the way, if if you do the math on what the NFL and what uh, the Bills were doing, Brandon Bean talking about, well, we've all got to be vaxxed because we'll be at a competitive disadvantage. Well, first of all, you've got to understand what you're asking your players to do. And they had Cole Beasley who said, I'm not doing this. He's a Bills player. He got crucified for it. He got run
1: through the grinder. And to his credit, he never wavered. He never wavered. So here we go, full circle, two years later. Is it two years? A year later.
0: And it comes right back to Buffalo with the specter of everything that's happened floating in the air. But that's here. Above that is something else. Above that is a more profound and divine and connected reality. And this is the thing. One of the things that I do think makes America great for all of its warts, for all the shit that we've done in foreign countries
1: and even in our own country to people, didn't happen not last night last night one one pretty much one thought one intention one prayer one purpose focused on this young man and people rushing right rushing in to offer their spiritual and their financial support
0: it starts off weird starts off dark but it inverts this is the story of Aquarius. This is an Aquarian moment. People pull together in time-space.
1: It looks like tragedy, feels like tragedy, flips, and it becomes a miracle. All right. I think we'll end on that note. So thanks for being here, first show of 2022. Thanks for your patience.
0: Oh, look who's here look who's here. The mighty one. The mighty one is here. Jasper, the astro cat. You, have
1: anything you want to say to anybody? Huh? Okay. Thanks everybody. Prayers for Lamar Hamlin. Get well fast, young man. Recuperate with the speed of light. I mean, we don't care if you ever play football again, but you've you've changed our lives and you've changed them irrevocably in a positive way. Take care and bye for now.